Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Buddy Wilson, it's Hump Day with Swanee and Friends Part 2 with guest friend Benny Gale. Hello, Benny. Hello, Ralphie. Good to be with you. Why, are you why, are you, why have you said yes? Thank you. I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm about to be humiliated or I don't know. So let's just wing it, eh? Well, how did the conversation start? How did he say, will you come on the podcast? And what made you say yes? Uh, well, he asked me and he said, you owe me nothing, but I'm after a favour. So uh, um, no, I, I mean, we go back a long way. I, the house in days of the Sunday footy show, Ralphie, didn't we? The... I, I haven't got a lot to hang my head on, Sam, but I can say I was once Betty Gale's boss. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, for a um, year. Yeah, those cold <laughs> days, Sunday mornings, the old yeah. Channel 9 studio and egg so, and bacon sandwiches and oh. Lou and Lou's handball. And <laughs> so the panel was Betty, Gary Linehost, Brian Taylor, Mark Bickley and Billy Brownless. None of, none of them have kicked on, have they? None of them no. have kicked no. on. Not at all. <laughs> Lou was still doing the handball, the late Lou Richards. What was Lou like, wandering in? Oh, he was great. He was, <laughs> I'll never forget, um, it was the day... Uh, are we okay to talk about it? We don't we talk about anything. Yeah, I remember yeah. the day Jack Dye died. Yes. Jack passed away. And uh, I think we learned early in the morning. And... Uh, we just think, gee, it's a, you know, he's a big figure in the game. It's you know, pretty sombre and sad. And then we thought, well, how, gee, Lou wouldn't know. How are we going to sort of, sort of take this up with Lou? So I think TJ decided to. And uh, so he wanders in about halfway during the production meeting, got the egg and bacon sandwiches. And, and, um, and so TJ quite solemnly and respectfully says, Lou, look, really sorry to tell you this, mate, but overnight we just learnt that Jack passed away. Jack died, been ill for some time. And Lou paused and sort of reflected. And just said, who took all the bacon and egg sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> and then for the next half hour, roasted Jack Dyer. <laughs> and our only regret was we didn't have the camera rolling. It was just brilliant. It was brilliant. And, and, and Bill would be straight from a sportsman's night the night he before, just generally. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was great stuff. And, and at the time, so you'd, you'd come straight out of the game and you were, what, in corporate law Monday to Friday and oh, doing wow. speaking crap on Sundays. It was a great combina- combination to, for To you. be honest, mate, upon reflection, it was, it was fantastic yeah. because, uh, look, I went from the 2001 
Premier League final. Yep. We got we got belted by the Lions. When the two weeks, I was working in like a three by three meter office, you know, in, in the life of commercial lawyer, and I wasn't yeah. particularly fulfilling at that time. <laughs> but it, I knew that was ahead of me. You know, that's yep. that. There was just no avoidance of that. So it just kept me involved with the game, and uh, um, and to be honest, mate, and I'm serious, I learned a lot. Yeah, you know, I didn't really know what made news. I didn't have a nose for news, and but um, learned a lot about. You know, what makes a story, how stories are put together, a little bit about production, sort of trying to present yourself, <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to make sense. Um, and I was live TV. It was, it was wonderful. It's had two or three years and that was enough for me. Do you miss it? Oh, well, I, I don't mind being on the other side of the camera. It's funny. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's just grown, isn't it? The, uh, the media, the, mm-hmm. it's saturation and... Uh, um, everyone's got a view, and and um, they're not always right, but it's part of the game. I mean, it's what it takes our game. You know, we 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 create footy. That's what we do, entertainment, and they take our game to the masses, and and the consumption of footy through you know podcasts or media or it's just extraordinary. And ultimately, it sustains the game. Yeah. yeah. And and keep your answers long if you could, please, because we've just come off Eddie last week. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you touched on something because Ed said, and, and I do remember him. This was factual, and also with Hutchie, they were the two biggest newsbreakers for twenty five years, probably the two of them put together over. You know, none of them gave an opinion in their first ten years in, in the caper uh, on, on anything because they were there just to report the news. But that's where it's evolved so much, isn't it? Everyone wants to have the first hot take, and 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 that's part of the beast as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and. Not always right, yep. but there's probably a premium back then on being right, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, not so much these days, but you know that's the caper win. Do you do you, uh, what, what's your what's your approach to that noise? Because I've got to quote you from Dane Swan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> May eleven. This is you put this out on, on Twitter. How Richmond handled the blue? This was uh, was it a, a Rioli and uh, it was a nightclub. Uh, it, in that in on the Gold Coast, yeah. The, what was the nightclub blue? <laughs> it was <laughs> which, <laughs> which which one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or was it over no, a kebab? no, it was, one, it was one here in Melbourne. Yes, the one in oh, the city. Protecting his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's an incident involving um, Daniel's yeah. girlfriend and Shay Bolton. That's it. Yeah. See, yeah. The, the wording was different there. <laughs> yes, the, the incident. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. But here, this is exactly what Swanee put out. How Richmond handled the blue over the weekend is a big reason why players want to play for them. No one wants to leave and just one of the many reasons why they've been so successful recently. Players don't always have to be punished to appease the filthy masses that crave it. What do you think when you hear what they'd said there, but also about how you deal with the noise compared to your own expectations inside? Oh, look, well, I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, look, yeah, it's, it's... I mean, the media... The media are an important stakeholder and we've got yep. to manage those relationships and we speak to our members and, and fans through that and, and when when um, players, men and women, staff make mistakes, you know, we're accountable for those. But, but, you know, I think, you know, we're often closer to situations or incidents than anyone and, you know, I, I guess more often than not we've got a good grasp of the facts um, earlier than others and so we just make, we make decisions based on that and... Um, and um, you know we've got a, you know we've got a strong sense of what makes us us at Richmond, and mm. I guess you know we prefer not to be defined by others. Um, and so, you know, we hold our players, our people, our staff accountable. But 
we, we really want to support them too. Because um, we all make mistakes. <laughs> We've all got shortcomings, haven't we? We all yeah. trip over from time to time. We don't just throw people under buses. We don't just put heads on plates just for the exercise of it. Um, so, um, anyway, that's easier said than done. Yeah, I think all the other things, I think a lot of journalists now are not celebrities, but they're like they're all on the footy shows and they all are asked to give opinions and stuff. And people are so quick to to cancel plays and like I'm not sure if it's tall poppy, but to want to bring them down a peg. And everyone has this idyllic image of what an AFL football should be or what a AFLW football or tennis player, whatever it is. And like they do make mistakes and um, they always try to keep bringing them down a peg for whatever reason. So yeah, my Exactly what Benny said. The, the people on the inside actually have the inside knowledge of what's going on, and um, it's very easy to say, "Oh, well, he fucked up. He should be sacked, or he should get a two-week suspension." When they're coming at it from afar, they pro- and they know they think to know they have sources who know these things and have been told this thing. And my best friend's uncle told me that this was the reason. The matter of the fact is that the inside of the footy, if you have a strong enough football club, a strong enough culture, the the player who was incident will come to you and not lie, will tell you the truth and go, mate, this is what happened, which is obviously what happened there. And then um, you won't bow to public pressure by, well, he should be sacked. Well, well, no, we have a strong enough footy club where we will, this will be the decision we make and you can say what you like, but the internally we support him as a group and we'll move on and, and that's exactly what happened. That's how it should happen. My mother had a saying, uh, make haste slowly. And I think that's a useful saying in football when you've got this sort of you know, rabid, all-consuming media forcing people to rush to judgment. Um, you know, often if you rush to judgment, that judgment can be incorrect. So yeah, just you've got to take the time. You've got to work through issues, and um, and I, I guess even now I'm not nowhere near the facts, but I look at Collingwood and Jordan Goey's situation. Yep. Now within 48 hours of that sort of breaking, we had a sort of entirely different scenario, didn't we? Yes, um, yeah. And now I'm a, I don't want to preempt any of there where that plays out, but it's just sometimes in footy you've got to make haste slowly. <coughs> exactly. From the worst thing, from what I've heard and seen from the Jory thing, is the Instagram videos you look like an idiot with. Like, that would be the only footballer in the history of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly. the thing. Who else gets fired from their job for going out and, do you know what I mean? All that's on that video is a young bloke having a good time in a nightclub. You, yeah, you know, but obviously the, the details have come out, but from what I hear, it's not a hell of a lot, but. Know, he could be lying and he could be wrong, but um, but you never know. So, for, from by extension, I put this dead as well last week. A football's better behaved than ever, as in now. Uh, I do. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think. Um, I think our game uh, tends to self-select more. So, I mean, when you when you when you in the elite pathways and you nominate for the draft, I mean, you know what's ahead of you. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, mm. Um, and you prepare, you adjust, you modify your life accordingly. And uh, so I think, um, I think when you consider the, the, the you know, the, the, the weight of pressures and expectations and demands of being a professional elite footballer, um, and with, with it, how they carry themselves and represent the club and um, and the league, I think they're, I think, I think they're in a different stratosphere. <laughs> I really do. Um, and I, and I. I mean, I, you know, I have to have meetings with players sometimes and, you know, difficult conversations and and caution them from time to time and, and counsel and sometimes we have to you know, have to come down. But, you know, don't... 
I'm examining my own conscience at the same time. Yeah. You know, my, because times were different. Yeah. Um, so, so I think they are. I think they're fine, extremely fine young men and, and women. And the only thing, and you, you, you more than anyone are part of this, the only thing players have in common is that they're all good footballers. They come from every different type of background. You, you came from a, a, a tough background. You mentioned your mother from, from Tassie and, yeah. uh, and, and have been one of the great success stories in footy. But you would be well aware then when you're sitting down with a player, the only thing he has in common with every other player is they're good at footy, that's what gets them drafted. But they could have any type of background. Yeah, and I think, and I think years ago we used to try and... Um, we used to try and um, shape young players. You know, they come into our environment. We used to shape them into being a football, the prototype footballer. We used to, we used to make them. You know, you got to fit in. You got to sort of be like this. You've got to act like this. You've got to speak like this. You've got to behave like this. You know what I mean? Whereas, whereas because young men and women, you know, they come from all different backgrounds and socioeconomic backgrounds and race and religion, it just can't do that. I mean. You're trying to be something at night. It can never work. Mm. So I think that's something we've become a lot better at as as recognising that they're there for a reason. They're elite and they've got elite skills and attributes. But um, all those other little things that define you and make you you, you know, own them. Yes. Be proud to be, you know. Own them. Celebrate them. Bring them to life, you know. Let's... let's um, be proud to be and, and reveal who you are day in, day out. So I think we've become a lot better at that. I mean, I think that's that's much better. Because I remember I wanted to ask you about playing against, playing with Richo, <laughs> a couple of stars. But we used to get uh, pre emails a letter. That I saw Matthew Richardson out at a nightclub uh, watching a band, not drinking, nothing. But nowadays that so and so he's just that was his outlet during the week watching some music. You probably know better than anyone. And well, who gives a shit and throw a letter in the bin, you know? Whereas now there'd be a photo phone, there'd be you know this. And, oh, mate, was he having a drink? Was it water? Was it vodka? You know, and that that's the difference now, isn't it, with the scrutiny? Yeah, there'd be a selfie on Instagram or yeah. something, something <laughs> exactly. a photo bomb. Yeah, it is. But um, but you know, I think I think our our, our Athletes, our footballers, sort of go and eyes wide open now. I think, unfortunately, that's the probably environment they know they're going to walk into. And uh, is it right or wrong? Um, I don't know, but it just is. Do you um, remember the f- photo phone come come just, through? Just, yeah, it's just the world we live in. And yeah. obviously, Benny played at a time where you could get away with a lot more. I sort of got in just before, like you know, even like some of the shit you used to do. Like if you did that now, which is not. Like breaking the rules of society or police, but like if you got caught having a beer on a Friday night before a Sunday game or something like that, like you'd be expelled immediately. You yeah. Know? But just with the um, yeah, so we got in. I got in two thousand one, two. So I sort of come in at this time where it was all about enjoying yourself off the field, and you'd have play Friday night, be Saturday, have a beer Sunday, and you'd carry on and do all kinds of stupid shit. But um, then the the camera phone came into Twitter, internet, like, and then everyone now, everyone has an opinion. So you could type your name in a Twitter and be like, I saw Ralph, you know, Ralph Horowitz was here, 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 and then just become this thing. Everyone, no one, I think anyone, no one wants to be right. Everyone just wants to be first. Yep. Everyone wants their five minutes to say that I seen Ralph Horowitz, I seen Samantha Ritchie's at a pub doing this when they shouldn't be, where, and, man, I, Footy club used to get phone calls about me, but I was having an argument with me partner at dinner. Well, uh, 
fucking who cares? Like, <laughs> I'm not standing up going, could have been arguing about fucking whether we liked the food or not. But so when do you reckon they, ch- when do you reckon they change, Swanee? Okay, so, like, when I played, we were steak and eggs foot- footballers, mm-hmm. and we were part-time at that. And so, you know, we guys were teachers or plumbers or students or whatever, you know, that's what they did, not... But then it evolved to becoming more celebrities, and there's benefits with that, isn't there? You know, the yeah. endorsements and opportunities, but there's a price. When, Get when, to speak to people. When do you reckon yeah. it changed? When do you reckon it became more celebrity? I sort of early to mid two thousands is when I reckon that started to to come in. So I, I like at my club it was like your Chris Tarrants, your Nathan Buckley's, your Paul Curie. That was and like obviously I was good mates with Chris, so I, I seen his level of celebrity. Which was I thought was the biggest in the league. Then you went to like sort of your buddies in what the early two thousands. Now it's now it's your Dustin Martin. So his his level of celebrity is as big as I've ever seen. Maybe because mm. of the way he um, is with the media and how he's I guess he's I would say marketed himself or not marketed himself. Where how elusive he is and his level of celebrity is enormous. So it's just I fear for the for the for Bailey Smith or for the next kid whose celebrity is going to be bigger than Dustin because if you're not well equipped to handle that kind of stuff, well, it could be very hard now. And with Daz, people sometimes think he's arrogant or because he doesn't give people a lot, but he's just he's just shy and, do, and doesn't like the attention. It's just the f- unbelievable. F- the fact that he's probably been the, the greatest, you could argue he's the greatest, well, he's, greatest, he's the greatest big game player of all time. I think that's undisputable, but because he's done what he's done like the attention he draws like mm. so the level of celebrity has just gone from when I got him it was like Chris Tarrant was like huge but that he wasn't huge if you know what I mean and yep. Buddy was massive here for a while and Dustin's just taking it to the next level now it's Bailey Smith who's the next one he's 21 22 so um, mate they absolutely cannot do anything so and I've, we obviously know Dustin well the way he's transformed himself from when he first got to the footy club to understanding yeah, and obviously his he's care and love for the footy club and his, um, which people may not understand but um, what he's done to get himself to be the player is is, is phenomenal and yeah he, he just can't go anywhere he, he I was walking in. through the I had a revelation a couple of years ago pre-COVID and uh, we're travelling this day and I rarely travel with a team um, because they go a day or two before and the private jet, and you'd be the DJ <laughs> on the front there, yeah. Give, give us a spill. <laughs> but uh, but I happened happen to travel with the team, and I was you know fifty meters behind the, the group and in their tracksuits and stuff. And I could you know the long gates, at Virgin whatever you, line of sight with dust about fifty meters in front of me. You could see people walk past him towards me, and people just stopped and turned around. Kids, women, grandparents, everyone. Uh, it just people would stop around, stop and just turn around, and we just and I thought, wow, that's. Uh, I mean, that would never have happened. Yeah, <laughs> certainly never with me. But <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. Like, like I'm, I, that's why I imagine like being like Justin Bieber or Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Like, like he just can't go. He can't go to a bar. Like not the he got much time to go to a bar. But then if we sat in a restaurant or sat at the bar for, then it just gets after about half an hour. Just well, I can't be here. Because it's yeah. just like there's a line of fifty people waiting for a photo <laughs> on that. So they all want one. Like it's just one. it's incredible. Like the and that all started like in with social media because you yeah. And then obviously the the saturation of media and like you just everyone's on the front page and they're not footballers anymore. They're not don't have they're all full time footballers and 
they're all asked to give so much of themselves, and um, it's just it's phenomenal now. And like I don't know, how, I don't you don't understand how it's going to keep. Well, what level does it get to before it starts to go the other way? Because well, like, I don't know how much, how much bigger it's going to get, but um, it's it's scary that how much celebrity these players have got, and they can't do anything. Else. They will end up being like the NFL players, where they just all the cricketers are just in India who just hide during the day and just come go to work and come back and just do things at home, which is which is sad because fan interaction is is awesome because that's what makes the game go round. Like, I've always loved the supporters and especially playing at big clubs. Like, it's incredible run out with 80,000 people screaming your name and going mad. It's what I love. One of the big things I loved about being a client was how passionate the fans are. But it gets to a stage where if you can't go out for dinner, it's uh, it's it's not fun. But, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how big the celebrities got and then everyone wants a, a bite of you, everyone wants a photo and then everyone wants to see, to show that you've, they've been in the same place as you. So it's, it's very, very hard to hide uh, as an AFL football these days. It's, I'll say there's no point lying to them like, oh, I think I can get away with this because I was only here for a little bit. It's like, mate, you're cooked now. There's, someone's going to take a photo of you doing anything now. So you just, just got to be on your best behaviour until you, you finish or you go overseas mm. and, and, you know, have a blowout or whatever you want. But you kind of got to be on your, you kind of got to be on your best behavior until you finish, and then you can do what you want. How do you sell the upside to a player like that if they're a bit worried? Not um, mainly, I'm talking, let's say, a kid when they go, "Oh, yeah, what's going to happen if I become the next Dane Swan?" Or well, I should be Martin. very bloody lucky if there's not many of them become the next Dustin Martin or anything. Like no, so few. yeah, but they've got ambitions to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, accessibility. You know, Swanee's point's really important. Accessibility is one of the defining features of our game, I reckon, yeah. and we never want to lose that. It's the, it's the, you know, it's the end of the day, you can be a boy from the suburbs and end up playing, you know, a boy from Castle Main and end up being a superstar. You know, so, so I think that ability to reach out and touch and is really important. But, um, yeah, how do you... Yeah, Dustin's pretty remarkable. He's pretty clever, Dustin. Yeah. You know, he just manages himself very, very well and... Uh, um, and uh, um, yeah, young young guys coming through. I mean, we don't like to create too many rules. You just see, you know, how they f- how they go and how they roll and yep. put support around them as they need need be. But you know, uh, D- Dustin's he's very smart and uh, he's well managed. You know, Ralph looks after him and positions him nicely. Did you uh, ever think if if someone said to you ten years ago, right, in ten years' time in the off season? Your challenge is to work out how to rebound after missing the finals, winning three premierships in four years. That would be a concern for you. <laughs> You'd take it. It'd be a nice problem to have, wouldn't it? It'd be a nice problem. Uh, so how, do you, how, how have you kept that perspective over the last month or so when you are trying to reload? Um, well, I think, it's, to be honest, man, it's pretty easy because the game just demands it, doesn't it? Yeah. And the first thing is, like, we finished 12th. I think we finished 12th. So we're in a low illusion. There's 11 teams... Better than us to start with, um, you know. Watch Melbourne play in the grand final. Oh, well done, by the way, mate. Thank you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, they're extraordinary. And so we've got a lot of work to do to start with. And then um, you know you've got the you know, whole list management period, the renewal, the draft coming up. And so uh, you know it doesn't take too long to sort of get the machinery, get the wheels moving, and the guys are. Rested. It's been a tough few years. I mean, yeah. I think last year really took it out of us all. Um, and so I think there's just the system demands 
uh, a response, you know, that's and I'm very confident we'll give it. So Dane always, all through last year, not as in 2020, said this year doesn't count. <laughs> 2020 doesn't count until Richmond won the premiership and his mate won the North Smith medal and then it counted, right? Yeah. <laughs> but what did it actually feel like going through all that? We saw some of it on the Amazon for people who've seen the Amazon yeah. doc. You, you guys were very open with you and Peggy, but what did it actually in reflection take out of you? Oh, gee, I just think... Um I just think I probably just immense pride to be honest. I mean, I reckon it was our finest year of um, sort of collective leadership. Really, it was. Uh, um, you know, it's uh, so we go into twenty twenty. We're in pretty good shape. We've just won a grand final by record. We couldn't be any stronger yeah. off the field and on the field. Um, but you know, as Swanee would understand, the system conspires against you. It's. That's what we're in. It brings you back, you know, and everything is everyone's gunning for you, and the, you know, draft and salary cap. So everything's trying to drag you back, and you're trying to you know fight hard to retain that position of competitiveness. And then COVID hits, and then all the things we'd really highlight and prioritise the football pro- program are dismantled. And then there's savage soft cap cuts, um, you know, thirty five percent. So the program we'd built up, made up of people and systems and all that sort of stuff, all have to be dismantled overnight. And then we had, you know, some 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 players that really struggle with with the pandemic and and with hub conditions and and we had some guys make mistakes and and then because where you are, everyone just you know it's just like out come the baseball bats and and then um, and so there was just a lot there was a lot going on <laughs> yeah and and so um, and we had you know we had some pretty serious injury issues and but to work our way through that to never walk away from challenges, keep leaning in, talking through issues together. You know, we just built an even stronger sense of connection and trust. And and I just felt as the season progressed, we just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then, you know, two minutes into the grand final, Vlosten, who's probably your most important intercept defender, is knocked out. <laughs> and then you... 19 points down at half time. Yeah. Um, so to, to sort of be able to salute was, uh, I just feel, um, you know, uh, you know, I felt very proud and I think I felt very proud of our collective leadership as an entire group and a program and it was great. Would you- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Say then that the premierships that were won during the years of COVID were 
more of one off-field rather than on-field? Was it more of a contribution from your off-field staff coming together, the leadership group, you speak about them, rather than what actually happened on the field? Is that what got you to the point, to that point? No, no, I wouldn't. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, so last year, for example, and even this year, I mean, their football club was basically a football program because... Um, um, because support in Queensland were in a hub, so we had limited numbers, and and a lot of our staff were still down. A lot of people lost their jobs, mm. you know, through no fault of their own. So, how was that for you, though? It was awful. Yeah, to work our way through that and to have to, you know, we, had to, we lost thirty staff. Yeah, um, is that coming back? Are you allowed to reemploy them, or was it slowly coming sorry. back as conditions hopefully improve? Okay. But. Yeah. But no, but it was both because still, I feel we had to, with the staff we had, we still had to engage, you know, with our members and and our commercial team to how can we create value for business partners and so, you know, we still need to provide that really strong platform of strength and trust. The board behind the scenes and you know, like, you know, the board were quite entitled to ask last year, you know, what the hell is going on up there? So it's it's okay, you know, it's not it's not how it's been presented. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but clearly, yeah, clearly, it's, it's the it's the coaches and, and players have to get it done. And so, uh, it was a, Nick, Nick Malthouse had a great saying: "It takes it takes clubs to get teams to grand finals. Teams have to win. Coaches and players. So, um, you know. So, I don't know if I answered your question. No, no. I think I think yeah. uh, Alison yeah. Clarkson's big word always is alignment. Yeah, I think I think we're really, you know, I think. That's probably the defining characteristic of our club is a really strong sense of alignment. I mean, a shared sense of purpose, a shared sense of vision, a shared understanding of the plans, the things we have to do to get there. And I think that that sense of alignment and trust is really important in tough times. Mm. Tough times. That's what it's... You're looking really forward to 80,000, round one, oh, kind of <laughs> Richmond and Carlton? Yeah, gee, it's... Um, I mean, I, I, I attended our first game last year with crowds after the resumption of the season was at the Gabba. We played Sydney in front of 3,000 people. <laughs> and I, I had hairs on the back of my neck. Cause I, right. Because it was just, how good is this? Amazing. So, yeah. so um, oh, I can't wait. Um, you know, even this year where we had, we had crowds with constraints, yeah. we found people weren't, people were still staying away a bit. You know, people were just, mm. oh, just waiting to see. It was, you know, contract, it's all too hard. Yeah. But I think next year, you know, with, Vaccination rates up with it. I think we know what we have to do. Um, yeah, we just—it's just—it's a different game with with our crowds and Absolutely. our people. You mentioned Mick yeah. Moldhouse, and from what I hear, obviously just as an outsider, but through Swanee and Ed or uh, Scotty Cummings, he was such a relationship coach about each each and every one of them. And I want to bring it back to when you were playing with Wallsy, because I did a gig with Paul Roos earlier this year, and it, what was amazing, what he said was. In the eighties and probably nineties as well, if you had work, footy was your outlet. You turned up, you trained. The coach told you what to do with training. Told you what to do with the game. You either played or you didn't. And you didn't actually need a relationship. Whereas now, that's the massive difference in footy, isn't it? Because oh, it is. A, the relationships. Yeah. Are, you know, you're you're um, you're a you know you're a personal. You're developing people personally. Um, we, we're certainly very invested in programs that put around the players to do that. You're obviously, professionally, you know, talent-wise, you, you're, um, you know, um, you know. I, I, I was just actually thinking about Danny Frawley a couple of weeks ago. I was just talking to a friend about Spudder and uh, 
I mean, he was as invested, him and Anita, in us as people, our families and friends, and he was in our game plan and skills, if you know what I mean. It's a, yeah. And it's just gone from strength to strength. Um, and, you know, it's something that Damien does exceptionally well. Took a, probably fair to say, took a while to arrive yep. at that place. But once he got there, it was sort of catalytic with the group. Well, God, as you mentioned, what was Spud like for you? Because that was towards the end of your career, having Spud as coach. Oh, Spud, I love Spud. He's like, he was like a... And, and I had two pretty good years, my last yeah. two, actually. And uh, um, my last game was with Spud, got us to finals. Um, he uh, it was like a, he's like a big brother. Um, him and Anita, they're an incredible duo. Um, and they were just so invested in the club. And so my memories of Spud as football coach were very, very fond. Yes. You know, fond memories. Um, finished in 01 and the club didn't perform as well in the next few years. Um, but yeah, like I grew up, you know, in uni holidays doing the footy clinics around the countryside with Gary Lyon and Gavin Brown and, and, and Spud and some of them. I mean, you talk about social media. They, these guys were ambassadors for the AFL. They were, they were junior development. Give us your favourite Spud story you can say. Oh, gee, I, uh, oh, they used to have... Well, they had, the, they had three company cars. They had the old sort of... XF Falcon Wagons. Oh, they're just very happy with themselves as a boy. And they had the car phones. Yeah. They had the big bricks. Like, they just, you know, spat around the head wobble on the phone. Carrying on. There'd be egg fights. Like, like a dozen eggs from the local store. There'd be egg fights at 100 k's an hour and sort of um, a few other things that might be fit for And what about his transformation, though, as become a media star after his coaching career? It was just rather great of all. Because that was such an amazing show, The Rub. On Triple M. Yeah, he was, he was just a, he was a funny man. Yeah. He was always really funny. Um, um, he was funny with the kids. Um, he just light up a room. But I tell you, what, he was a serious coach. Yes, and that, I think, um, you know, I, th- I think that sometimes gets lost a little bit. He was a really serious coach for our footy club, and um, you know, things didn't finish as well as they might have, and it might not all be his fault. But obviously, you know, buck stops for the coach, but. But he's a, he's a fellow, a great man, but it's a, very sad we lost him. No doubt, because um, I mentioned it. What do you think about the relationship side of with coaches compared to what they should be doing, what they <coughs> may have done? Um, oh well, it's just a it's a very important part of footy clubs these days. Um, yeah, well, with Mick personally with us, he um, it was, was super invested in uh, us as people and, and our family and stuff like that. And, and Nathan probably took. A little bit longer to get there, and then a bit like what Benny said with Dimmer. Once, uh, once I was gone, unfortunately, when sort of Bucks sort of realised what had to happen, and look how quickly it, it turned around. Because I think now with with players these days, and um, even when I first got in, it was just you do as you're told and you play, and that's it, and you sink or swim. That, that was kind of you get thrown in. Like if you're good enough, you're going to make it. If not, bad luck. There was no development coaches. No one holding your hand, telling you what you should do. No leadership meetings. It was just fucking single swim. Where now it's all about the relationship, and you always you hear it. They're playing for their coach, like, and then that's you can see it clear as day. Like when the Bulldogs won with Beveridge, like clearly when when the Tigers have done it over the last three years, you can you can tell how invested a playing group is for their coach. Um, and you know, playing for their coach. I'm not sure that was a term that was used in the 60s, 70s, 80s. It was, but but now you ha- you have to have 
a good rapport with the coach because if you don't um, enjoy going to work, as as I've always said, if you don't enjoy going to work, whether you're a lawyer, sheep farmer, a a footballer, whatever, you're going to go in and do the bare minimum. You're going to go in and go, well, I'm going to do exactly what I'm told and then I'm going to fuck off and I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm just going to do exactly what I'm told. But if you enjoy the surroundings that you go to and you love the people and you love your boss, you know, your coach, or you love the people who are telling you what to do, where you go, you know what, I will stay around. I'll be invested a little bit more emotionally. And that, I think, clearly you can tell that the sides who are invested emotionally with each other, it's as clear as day. And they're usually the ones that are up the top. Now, it doesn't necessarily always translate. If you're all best friends, you're going to win a premiership. You obviously have to do a lot of hard work and, you know, you need to make hard decisions along the way as a coach. And, you know, you've got to take that personal relationship out of it. Well, listen, I love you and I love your family, but... You can't play with this this week, or you know we've got to move you on, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's as clear as day, yeah, that the teams that are emotionally involved with each other and have that great rapport is are clearly the ones up the up the top because um, they care and they put more effort in during the preseason. They go, right, I will stay around. I will do some extra touch with this young kid who I barely know, who's just been drafted. I'll hang around. Then I'll do some touch on the sprung floor. I'll, I'll do some extra kicking with the with the fullback who has got some struggles kicking, or I'll take this young mid and I'll teach him a little bit more about body work or whatever it is. I'll spend some more time learning the game plan. So I think, yeah, it's definitely something that absolutely is a thing that happens. I think um, it's funny, last year, uh, 2020 up at Queensland, it was, it was beat up on Tom Lynch week again. So uh, they, were, they were lining up to to belt uh, Tommy and uh, I think Damien had enough. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, I think Ox... Said a couple of things that he found offensive, so Dimmer whacked Ox back, and 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 uh, he could have chosen the words a little differently, but but you know he, he made his point, and there was the furor and how dare he, and uh, and it's funny, it's I remember just sitting back and uh, you know being up there, you know, some, you know some people say, oh, you know, they're so disappointed in Damon's comments, and you know he's a, um, you know, what, what's your view? And I said, well, um. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, they, 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 they were, the comments could have been a little different, you know, um, club copped a bit, but at the end of the day, he's talking to his players. Yes. He's not definitely. talking to the media. Yeah. And I know how it's presented, but and ultimately, they're the ones that most of the time really matter. Yeah. Um, you reckon Tom Lynch's going to feel a bit better about himself? Yeah. And you reckon so, the players going to go, fuck, how good's that? Like, yeah. stick it up their ass. Like, and you reckon the boys are going to come in and train the next day with a smile on their face and... Dimmer, how good was that? And then, yeah. like, you walk a little bit taller, and then out there on game day, you, f- you find a little bit more, or you, mm. you just, it's just, it's natural. It's just the way it is, and it definitely is definitely nearly just as important as the X's and O's because everyone's got talent on in AFL clubs. Everyone's got star players. Everyone's got, you know, mostly have got good players, but it's that finding that extra little bit of, and the, obviously the buzzword in AFL's connection now, but like everyone um, has talent, but it's just finding that. Extra one or two percent, and whether that's off the field, spending time together, that connection. You reckon Tom walked taller that week at training, and the players didn't get around him. Of course they did. It's it's just common sense these days. Can't I mean? There's a place for it. It can't be overplayed, but yeah. End of the day, it's a it's a it's a pretty tough game, and it's um it's uncompromising and. Sometimes you know your coach needs is a warrior. You know it's. A well, well, I did the uh, podcast with Herdy. I don't think it's coming back, Dave. But, uh, but he said when he came back from his broken face, one of the most horrific injuries in the history of footy, he's wearing a helmet, and by then Dimmer had gone to Port Adelaide, and he said 
the first bounce, Dimmer's gone up and punched him right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? He, he, was, he was a rather ruthless, ruthless type of player, and that's. But it's a it's a brutal game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it's uh, it's a tough game. It's yeah. a competitive game, and um, and uh, it's a combative game. And you know, I often believe that um, you know teams you know reflect the values of their coaches and. Uh, it's it's funny. It took a while. We evolved with Damien. I think we we bought a very cerebral sort of game plan. You know, we'd make teams defend by maintaining possession, a kicking sort of a bit like a Hawthorne game. We yeah. we probably the the game plan didn't suit the personnel. And I think you know for his for him to go and actually reevaluate and then go and say no, we're going to come up with a game plan that plays the strengths. Of our of our team and our list, you know, forward half pressure, all sort of stuff, um, which was really important. But do you I think, think that was underrated? I, th- I think it reflected the values of the coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I say. Sorry, absolutely underrated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's his performance and that of the coaching group yep. from sixteen into seventeen is um, is extraordinary because when you go from we weren't diabolical, you know, we're knocking on the door. Get in the finals, not getting far. Sixteen, we went backwards, and um, but to go from there to winning a premiership in seventeen is a big jump. Yep. Um, and people want to find the reason, um, or the person, or the explanation, and you know it's and there's a whole range of different factors that are off, offered up. But his ability and the ability of his coaching team to completely transform our game plan inside three months. Um, and to be able to teach that effectively and reinforce it through the course of the next season when a premiership is extraordinary. And that buy-in from the players yeah. too, that obviously <laughs> means how much yeah. they obviously cared and and um, wanted Dimmer as a coach because players can go, I'm not buying in that, that's, that's bullshit, but or whatever, and you can have fractions, but if the yeah. whole team, obviously the whole 44 or whatever's on the list, actually buy into that game plan and switch it around in three months, so it doesn't happen a lot. And but, so, Sorry. Go but on. even if you go big forward, even the, the mere act of stopping... Yeah, under great pressure, stopping, reflecting, yep, um, and renewing. Rather than sometimes under pressure, we just you know <laughs> we put the, we put the shutters up and yeah. we bunker down and and it's just like you know you internalise. But for him to sort of stop, pause, open, yep, reflect, renew, and then go, um, extraordinary. And the and the game's harder than it's ever been. Like people say, different eras, but. The amount of coaching that goes in now, the amount of opposition work, how hard the players run, how fast they have to be, the speed they hit at. Uh, the, the game is phenomenally hard. Um, and people watch on weekends and, you know, you can cheer and boo, which is, you're, you're right. People don't see people players going into training Sunday, Monday, could barely walk. All of a sudden it's like, Jesus risen from the dead. By Thursday they're out on the track again. You're like, I don't even know how I'm training. And then by Friday they're good and Saturday they're playing again. Like, the, the amount of pain that they put their bodies through to, to play week in, week out is absolutely phenomenal. It's, the game has never been hard. It might have been tougher in a different way, like in the A's where it was all one-on-one or you know whatever it is, but the amount of how fit and how hard you have to be and how much of an athlete you have to be now to play the game is is has never been harder. I agree. I, agree. I, had a, I had a former Richmond player who's a, you know, a good progressive football thinker, but he said, don't be fooled by the old-timers. You say, oh, yeah. Footy soft, you know, <laughs> back in the old days. He said, mate, the game has never been tougher. Yeah. You know, 16 cameras and different every... I mean, you, it's just... 
balls and all, hard at the footy, you know, hard running, hard collisions, hard. Um, because you look at some of the old games of the 70s, the winners and flares of music. I mean, you see guys pulling out and just sort of, you know. Every, yeah. But she said, so don't be, don't be fooled. The game's are a lot tougher. But in the old days, you said there was a lot more darkness. Oh, the sniping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could be hit by anyone at any time, anywhere. Yes. Um, and that, fortunately, we don't have that in our game anymore, which is you know, only for the better. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I want to ask you about playing with Richo, because everyone loves Richo. So what was it like playing with that superstar as opposed to being CEO of the current one? And how would you... How would you Manage his body language today. Well, I, well, I, well, I reckon I was on the receiving in a few times. A bit, uh, no, I think because um, we love him. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think, um, yeah, we we were accustomed. We we knew it was just how he managed himself, and he just vented, and we, you know, no one ever took it personally. You just yeah. that's the way he vented and just got on with us, and you know, he's super. Look, he's a wonderful player, super competitive, and um, I think people don't. Realise how brave he was as well. Like yeah. big, you know, powerful contest, getting smashed bones, and um, I Mick, remember Mickey Martin would, and Glen Archer would have been friendly playing behind him. Yeah, too. all that. <laughs> uh, he's incredibly, and he just put himself. He just bring himself every, wouldn't he? Everything. Yeah. He's warts and all, and and I think, um, I think uh, he was like a like a. He, he was a. Described by someone, he's almost like a Shakespearean tragedy. He would just, <laughs> he would, he would bring it all. You know, he, we're all, we're all, f- and, we're, and we're all flawed. And, yeah. he, and he was Richo with his with his on field antics, but he was a wonderful footballer. I remember um, in my last couple of years when I was doing heaps of ruck work, I said to Wolsey, um, maybe we should get Richo to do a little bit of ruck work in the forward line because yeah. I'm just, you know, bugger trying to up and back and. And what was he said to me? He said, "Thoroughbreds don't play in the ruck," which, <laughs> which was, was a huge endorsement of my ability. But, but I remember we were playing Collingwood before Swanee's time, and uh, but he decided to take it upon himself to give me a chop out. So it's yeah. a boundary throw in the forward pocket. He's just waved at me and said, "Mate, rest. You know, it's, it's all. I've got this. I've got this." Just wanders in like sort of Bambi monkey, boundary throwing, just bang arm across, sort of straight into his cheekbone. Taps the ball down. Anyway, next day he's in the Epworth. His face looks like it's busted. <laughs> <laughs> and I just walk and I just start burst out laughing. And, um, but he's wonderful and he's been so important for our footy club. Um, tell, tell me about, uh, I'm sure this is right, tell me tell me this is um, when you joined commercial law and you just became a citizen again. He, he was amused that you caught a tram to work on. He said to me once, uh, I went down, um, uh, I was doing a little bit of you know, rock coach here, uh, you know, 30 minutes a week or whatever and uh, he came up to me he had this sort of really curious look on his face and he sort of said so Swanee would appreciate this I'm sure he said so what's 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 work like <laughs> I said what do you mean he said like work you know what do you what do you do it was like this foreign concept I said I said well mate I'll go you know you know read some shit and sit in some meetings and you know just you know I'll just do shit in some emails and and uh, he said, oh, okay, yeah, right, okay. So what, when, when do you get there? I said, oh, I'll get there at 8 o'clock and I get home. And I said, well, how do you get there? And I said, well, I'll get the, lives as good at the time, i get the 96 tram. He said, oh, you do not. It was just a, <laughs> that was a bridge too far. I said, I get the tram with a million other Melburnians, mate, every day. He said, oh, give us a spell. <laughs> how good was letting him uh, present the Premiership Cup that moment for you? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad we did that. So, it from your point of view, he told us his point of view. What, what happened with uh, when calling him into the office? Oh, we just 
sort of you know, talked about it and got him in and we just thought he's the right person. We yeah. just thought he represented that generation of Richmond people yep. who hadn't saluted for years and years, who, you know, volunteers and players and coaches and we just thought he symbolised and, and plus he carried a generation too and uh, um, he uh, we just got him in and I, uh, I told him and he just said, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of expected a bit more, to be honest. And, uh, but he was fantastic. Yeah, he's just a big fan, mate. Yeah, he just, he is. He's a yeah, big fan. Hilarious. Yeah. Loves footy and loves it. Billy Brownless is he's similar. Yeah, that, yeah that, true. And I've seen yeah. some of the Demons boys and it's fantastic. Just to finish with, and because uh, you both have to go, including Sam, but um, Peggy O'Neill's won Melbourne of the Year. What's she mean to the How about to the that? Club? It's incredible, isn't it? Incredible. Came here 30 years ago and a city of, you know, five and a half million people. Look, she's been great. She's, um, she's, uh, just brings a, a really sort of, um, look, she's, she's smart. Um, she's, you know, obviously very capable, but I think she has, you know, skills and experience that really lend itself to managing a footy club, particularly Richmond. She's very calm, yeah. <laughs> very composed. Um, very inclusive, makes feel people part of the club. Um, she's got a strong sense of herself, you know. She doesn't. She's not the loudest voice in the room, but she's pretty tough. Yes. Um, tough in her ability to absorb pressure. Not, you know, let's not rush. Let's not react. Let's just make the right decision. And I think that radiates through the club. Yeah. So I just think having, you know, we want to be a club for all people, as all clubs do. No matter who you are, um, where you come from, there's a place for you at Richmond, and I think she really, she's a really powerful symbol of that. Good stuff. Mm. On the weekend, Swanee, I was flicking around the radio. I heard Benny on ABC Radio talking about carbon offsets, and I thought, <laughs> I mean, don't, don't think we'll be touching that on today's chat. <laughs> 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 but, but that's the that's the part of your gig, isn't it? Well, it's you know, as as like a load it as as footy clubs in this country, you know, we're very powerful social, cultural institutions, you know, it's, um, you know, I think people are, perhaps people are losing faith in some other institutions <laughs> aside of the providers or leadership or guidance, might be, you know, it might be religion or might be politics, it might be, you know, about royal commissions and a banking and funding, except, so I think sport and sport's ability to bring people together and people can feel involved, included, is becoming more and more important when we're just seemingly just shouting at each other all yeah. the time, yelling at each other. And I guess in this country, AFL is a pretty big sport. So we've, I think we've got a really big responsibility um, um, to to create really you know strong communities, and you know, it's something we we take pretty serious, seriously. Richmond, all clubs do, to be honest, yes. mate. Yeah, all nah, clubs do. Absolutely, you guys have uh, really appreciate you doing this for us. Thanks, mate. pleasure, Thank pleasure, Ravi. Thanks, guys and girls. Good stuff, mate. Really appreciate it. That's Thank awesome. You. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.